Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about contextual advertising. I recently spoke to Philip Eckerly and Alex Golubowicz at PubGrade over in Germany. And so they're going to explain what contextual advertising is, how it's different from AdWords, and how you can use it to send your customers relevant information earlier in the buying cycle. Uh, Before we get started, though, I want to tell you about the ACPLS annual meeting. The program for October 19th through 21st is almost completely set. We have a lot of exciting things. Uh, There's a marketing boot camp on the 19th, and that's two sessions, um, independent. One is on marketing essentials, the other on digital marketing. And then Stephen Archer of Spring Partnerships will offer a full-day session on insight selling. So those will both be interesting. And then the following two days... Um, all kinds of training, but the favorite um, activity from last year we're going to do again, and that is a customer panel. So uh, you can ask this panel of people like your customers anything you want. How do they buy? How do they make decisions? Where do they go for information? What do they like about what they see in marketing? What do they hate? Anything you want to ask them. So again, check out acp ls dot org slash annual dash meeting for more details. Now let's get on with the show. Today my guests are Philip and Alex from PubGrade. They are the managing directors and co-founders and PubGrade is an advertising network using contextual ad targeting and PubGrade serves ads across a network of more than 1,200 journal and other websites. So what we're talking about today are display ads and contextual display. So Alex, explain a little bit what we're talking about. What, what do we mean by contextual advertising? Yeah, great, Chris. So thanks for, for having me and Philip on the show. Um, so contextual advertising um, – in doing that, what we actually try is to to maximize the relevance of um, of the, the 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 place and that shows up um, towards the uh, the actual campaign goals an advertiser has. So in life sciences, especially um, the products that are being sold and marketed and the, the branding campaigns that are run. Um, they have a very, very special audience, and some of them are, are really niche, um, small. There's probably just a few hundred or thousand um, researchers out there. So what we try to do is, um, by creating a significant match between um, the, uh, the actual product being sold or the, the cornerstones of the service being offered and the surroundings for, for the ad to actually show up, um, as in the actual ad unit on on a, on a scientific publisher, for example, uh, publisher's website, um, we we think we we really maximize the chance of meeting meeting even niche for even for niche advertisers of meeting the uh, the right the right audience and and the prospects for their products. So let me let me describe a, a little bit what's what's going on. So we're talking about banner placements to a large degree, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, in digital advertising or digital display advertising, which is what we do, um, 
uh, it's all about the ad unit or the placement, as you said. Um, you can refer to the actual banner as, as an ad, a creative, or a banner. Um, so most websites these days um, have integrated advertising into it um, in order to monetize. Um, some of them, or, or in the past, there was a tendency to really clutter pages with, with um, two, three, four, five, six different ad units. Um, while today, um, people are starting to realize and the industry is, tr is starting to, to support this um, industry. Um, I'm referring to uh, the, 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 the advertising industry here. Um, so they, they really start focusing on having, having one or two very well-placed um, ad units on their side as opposed to cluttering, cluttering ads all over the place and really distracting people. So these placements... Um, talking about scientific publishers, um, obviously have, have a chance to, uh, to really grab the, the, the reader's attention for quite a long time in places. If you look at a full text of a scientific publication, um, and if the reader really engages with that publication and you manage to, to, um, manage to make sure that the ad unit stays in view over time, um, then you can really, really... Um, in double quotes, steal a significant amount of um, attention from from that prospect, and and really really have a chance to leave a trace and leave your marketing method message with the person. Even even if it's a really really small niche, um, you really have a chance to meet relevant people um, you would otherwise probably never get hold of. Right. So there's two things here. So there's we're talking about ad placement next to journal articles in a publication, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the magic, as I think you pointed out there, is keeping it visible as they go through the publication rather than having it scroll away from them. Is that right? Exactly. So that is one aspect. Um, the, the, you can refer to that as the viewability aspect. Um, it's a simple question whether the ad has been in, in view at all. And then the next question is for, for how long has it been in view? And um, uh, believe it or not, that there's companies out there raising statistics that actually say that 50% of the ads displayed and bought and sold across the internet have never even been in view for at least a second. Right. So, um, but the whole problem is, um, first of all, where, where, where does my ad show up? Does it even show up at all? <laughs> and does it show up long enough? In order to really have a chance to be um, to be uh, noticed, right? And let's talk about the context. So, Philip, tell me about what makes it contextual. I mean, we are talking about placing ads next to journals, but what's the link between the two? Yes, I mean the um, the aim of advertising is probably to to address the right people um, with your message, and context actually offers you a way to derive um, suitability of potential audience on a website. So when we are looking at a at a journal, um, for example, we probably kind of know what kind of scientists are uh, reading such a journal um, in general. Um, but as Alex already pointed out, most of the scientists are very are working in, in niche and do need specific products and, and services. And hence, um, what most of the advertisers then want to do is um, addressing on a very granular level um, potential customers with their 
different kind of products and um, that's why we actually are not looking into what a complete journal is about but rather what a single article is about so we analyze um, scientific articles across journals and then can actually slice and dice into the corpus of the different articles and derive what they may be about in terms of uh, research areas, diseases they deal with, uh, techniques, uh, methods used, etc. And then later on we can match this with um, the requirements of our customers in, in terms of who they want to reach. So let me give you an example. Um, if you're um, uh, an antibody provider, you probably want to reach um, prospects that are uh, using antibodies um, in their day-to-day -day business as well. So um, on a very low level of contextual targeting, you could say um, your advertising should be in the right place next to articles that deal with antibodies and uh, specific applications, methods, techniques um, that are associated with antibodies. So that's actually where it all starts. Um, and um, after like having a good knowledge through text mining of scientific articles, um, we can get very, very granular in um, sorting out the right ads next um, to these articles, not only looking into like product types, but um, through combining um, relevant diseases, um, products used, applications and methods and techniques used. Right. And this, um, this is different from AdWords. So someone you could place a Google AdWords thing if someone were searching, but this is a different context in which someone is um, receiving your ad because it's at a different place in the in the buyer journey, right? Yes, that's that's correct. Well, actually, you know, somebody typing in something into Google. Um, is implicitly giving a strong signal that they have a, a need for at least information related to what they are looking for and typing into Google or another search engine. Um, and uh, in many cases, people um, also want to buy something. That's why actually AdWords and search marketing is great in terms of um, um, grabbing the attention of people who are looking for specific products if you have these products and could satisfy their needs. So um, that's actually very close to a transaction and that's probably why Google is making a lot of money as well with that because it's a great tool um, and it's close to a transaction. So you right. should be there actually. Um, with, with display advertising, um, you could actually... Um, um, address people in different stages of the buying journey. I mean, you could also be very close to a transaction, depending again on the context. So where you need, uh, where you meet, um, meet the people with your display ad um, in a scientific, um, next to a scientific article, it it can be many different uh, stages. It can be somebody looking for um, um, a specific product that has successfully been used and, and published in an article. So that would already be very close to a transaction, but it could also be somebody who is just starting research and gathering information and data. Um, and hence, you may want to be there and be present um, to present your brand and products and services very early to kind of prime those people and tell them, hey, if you're in that in this and that area, um, um, we have something you should know about, and um, and and then actually also the message and the content of the ad will most likely be very different to AdWords. Um, so so in AdWords, you know, you have those little lines of text, 
Um, and uh, what we see in, in display ads next to scientific articles is typically a lot more complex in terms of what people try to to um, transport as a message. So with three lines of text, you, you can probably not uh, transport um, that your product has a couple of uh, unique selling points and is a lot more innovative than, for example, a competitor product or a, a technology that has been in place for several years um, if you are having a new innovative technology that could replace that. Um, so besides the, the level of details that you can give in display and the difference in, in the stage of the buying journey, um, probably um, the aspect of proactively reaching out to people is different to AdWords as well. So if somebody is typing something into Google, um, they you're more or less reacting to that with an ad. Um, if you have the right keywords um, um, in, in, in your um, Google AdWords tool. Um, and um, with display ads, for example, in scientific journals, you can actually proactively reach out to people with a message, although they may not have um, asked for something. So we could say um, you could generate a need that somebody maybe has not realized that they could have uh, in the future. Exactly. And I like what you're saying there. It's a different, or it can cover many other stages of the buying journey. There's not always, of course, purchase intent when someone's looking at, at an article. So what types of ads, and by that I mean what kinds of offers uh, are companies making when they're essentially looking at early uh, customers early in the buying stage. So obviously you're not going to try to come at them right with a, you know, buy this product right away necessarily. What do you see in that in regard? Uh, well, um, that's probably also a question towards me um, as I'm dealing a lot with the, with the, with the customers. Um, so um, we see many different type of advertising. So we still see um, um, companies who kind of, uh, do these type of leadership campaigns um, if they can afford that. So they say everybody um, starting their research um, or no matter actually where they are in the buying uh, buying um, journey um, should know about me and my brand and my products. Um, so so that's that's what we still see. Um, and um, what what is probably most suitable um, for this type of advertising is having content rich. Um, messages in the banner instead of hey buy this this is for free and this is the best uh, stuff um, so we see or we saw actually throughout the last 12 months a lot of um, <clears throat> uh, information that was sitting on the website uh, created through content marketing I guess you know Chris it was a pretty big wave um, of content marketing and still is um, and it is great but we also saw many companies um, now having a lot of content sitting on their website and not receiving a lot of traffic um, and hence they, they, they turned to us and asked I have this webinar related to uh, to, to using this uh, kind of method um, for researching around this and that disease and it's great and and how can I, can I get more people watching this webinar that I have on my website and then obviously we can start um, generating um, uh, contextual targeting together with them um, to find scientific articles that deal with that topic um, and then having their banner only next to articles that exactly match this topic. Um, and that has been working quite 
quite well for many companies. Um, what also has been working pretty well is um, having, um, let's say, interactive things like uh, um, pathways that you can browse and where you may have um, products behind the pathway map. Um, so somebody somebody reading a publication that deals with a certain pathway um, and in addition deals with the right products that an advertiser is looking at um, or is trying to promote and sell, then actually um, um, telling those people, hey, we have these type of interactive pathways on the website um, has been working pretty well. Nice. So I'm going to come back to, to Alex here to ask about the, the overall value of a display network for a scientific company mm -hmm. and beyond maybe driving traffic to their content and, of course, hopefully at some point converting those, grabbing an email address from them when they interact with your content. Um, what else should people be thinking about? Well, f for the most part, what it, what it does or the, the network aspect does, it, it really um, – makes the whole process a lot more effective the, the the challenge is that digital advertising as a as a tactic um if 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 a company works with you know 5 to 10 probably relevant publishers um or would like to work and then they have probably um like a handful of of associations that that would be relevant as well it's 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 really hard to um, get those campaigns running, to consolidate reporting, and all these kinds of aspects to um, to update targeting or to even have some sort of you know um, equal targeting across all of those platforms. Um, so the the advantage of an ad network in in that context is that if if PubGrade is fully integrated with with uh, the the individual publishers. Um, you can really use the same targeting method across all of them. So instead of talking to um, 10 different journals or associations, you basically um, have, have a single setup process, um, have um, very granular targeting, and um, you also have consolidated reporting at the end of the day. So um, we feel that this takes, takes away a lot of the month-to-month -month work um, uh, product managers, for example, have when trying to work with uh, with this uh, channel. And how is um, just looking ahead in the future? How is the technology for doing contextual and display advertising changing? What What do you think it's going to be like in the future? What do you see coming down the road? Well, there's definitely a lot of things on the horizon right now. I, I uh, tried to outline earlier that generally in, in display advertising, in the past, there has been way too little attention towards uh, the quality of an, act, uh, of an actual ad unit to the, to the actual viewability of that ad, ad unit. Um, so this all goes down along um, the lines of, do I clutter my page with, with five ad units or do I have a single highly viewable um, uh, ad unit that can generate a, a lot more money and, and for, for all parties involved really increase the success of, an, uh, of, of booking that, that individual placement. And then the other aspect, of course, is um, getting to a point where you can even measure at all as an advertiser whether your ad has been seen for how long it has been seen. So there is tendencies to, to completely move away from the current model where um, the success in double quotes of a campaign goes back to the click rate 
um, and and where where a couple of uh, companies on the market, really advertising technology providers, um, uh, trying to totally move away from clicks and into the way that TV advertising has been sold for for ages now. So instead of measuring a campaign by by how many clicks it has received, there's a strong tendency to 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 allow advertisers to buy 10, 20, 30 seconds of dedicated attention off a very targeted um, slice of the audience. So the, the, that's one aspect. The, uh, the tactic is complicated. Display advertising is complicated to manage, especially in our industry. Well, I, I think it's interesting, you know, what you just said about comparing it to television advertising. So I, I think I understand this. I mean, I certainly understand what you're, what you're explaining. So if I'm an advertiser, of course, I want people to click, but there's also an aspect of just visibility, right? So for branding purposes or, or. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that is one of the, one of the mysteries. Uh, one of the, the real mysteries is what really is the value of an impression, um, of an, of an, of an ad impression, um, when there was no click. And I think it's it's very likely and unfo- unfair to say there is no value at all, but it's it's very hard to measure. And you, that there may be um, a couple of constellations software-wise that you can use uh, to try and get a feeling for that, but that would really require to use um, like a lot of different platforms and really really um, deep integrations into your own website. Uh, which is a problem we we also see, of course. I mean that there is, in some cases, um, just too little measuring of the the actual behavior of people that a campaign brings in on on the on the uh, on the destination website. So if people pay five six digit amounts per year to drive traffic uh, onto the website through display advertising, it's it's really um, it's really necessary to follow up with the way they behave on 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 the uh, on their own website and and get a feeling for individual actions they take and for example value that you could assign to each of those actions in order to to get a bit closer to um, to a feeling for for the actual return of investment of a digital advertising campaign. Right, and even short of following them into your website to see what they eventually do. And from an analytical point of view, let's say if I were doing an ad and I weren't getting the number of clicks I expected, knowing how much time someone had a chance to click would be an important metric, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the end, the number of of clicks to to large extent goes back to the quality of the creative. And um, this is something where you know, an ad network themselves can only give advice. They, of course, cannot enforce um, certain messaging or, or strategies in, in, um, in improving that. So I th- it's a general problem that the, the advertising industry is struggling with is uh, proving ROI. Um, it, it is possible, but it really requires um, sophistication on, on so many levels. It requires sophistication towards um, the message in a creative, um, the layout of the creative, um, the places and the, the um, if efficiency 
um, of the way I buy media for my ad to be placed. Um, how uh, that's why we focus on targeting. I mean, for the few hundred bucks I have to run display advertising, uh, how how would I spend them? I mean, I, I really need a chance to to optimize all along uh, the chain of of influences that that really determine in the end whether the campaign is effective or not. So. Um, how do I reduce the number of irrelevant people um, I, I actually buy um, with my budget? And how do I maximize the amount of time these people actually see my ad? And then how can I, how can I given what I know about them, in, in our case, primarily being the context or the, the scientific um, research they consume, how can I maximize the the potential um, overlap between the problems that people are trying to solve and my my actual offering. So there's, especially in our our industry, there's so many levers you can pull to to improve, and so much um, uh, effort actually to um, to to make this, you know, perfectly measurable. Um, this is one one thing that people uh, always hold against digital display advertising. At the same time, I think the, the main advantage is that you, that you even have the chance to, um, to pick um, people with a very specific, you know, very, very niche interest um, and freely define what these people are, are reading about and, and really maximize the chance of getting, getting in touch with those people. Yeah, I think Alex just just made a really good point. Um, the the question for many of our advertisers is, do I even have a chance in any of the channels that are out there in marketing, no matter if it's online or offline, to meet new potential customers? And many many times, um, that's very very difficult for our advertisers because um, um, they they are probably serving uh, the whole world with their products. Um, but in every country, there may only be like one university or lab where two people sit that potentially would buy this certain product or use this service or instrument. Um, so they know they can go to conferences, but it's also quite expensive uh, if you would need to travel around the world for meeting 150 people um, in different places. Uh, um, then you have AdWords, obviously, what, what, what typically is recommended to, to do anyway. Um, but then again, uh, you may have a lot of competition there um, with uh, the larger companies maybe um, bidding a lot more than you can bid um, to get the specific spots that are, um, that are relevant because, I mean, nobody is really clicking on page 10 and then clicking on an ad there. Um, so, so for many customers, um, and especially for the smaller ones, we just offer a new way to reach out to specific people in a niche. Um, and that, that's probably an, an important aspect there of, of what we are trying to, to do and achieve. And then for the, for the larger uh, clients that we work with um, that traditionally have been doing a lot of um, display advertising anyway and have a lot of budget for that, um, we are obviously making the campaigns just more... Um, effective and maybe also more efficient in terms of what Alex just pointed at, um, booking with different uh, publishers, having different POs, etc. So when you when you compare um, that to the business-to-consumer world and the developments there, um, um, display advertising is, 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 is currently undergoing an enormous wave of, of uh, automation um, and 
the times when you contact uh, different people for booking different campaigns on different websites, um, I would say it's, it's definitely going to end in, in the future. Um, and everybody is trying to book through platforms and um, aggregators. Um, so, so having the reach into the community, having the possibility to proactively go out to people with a message, um, having a very granular targeting available to satisfy the, the very life science specific needs um, for specific products um, is important. And then uh, obviously also um, having an ad that is prominently placed and, and grabs enough attention and, and time in view. So these are the factors I would consider um, to be really relevant and what I actually recommend customers to do is typically really look at the website, what kind of um, ad zone will they be buying, would they see these ads um, um, or would they scroll away from that, um, do they think the, uh, um, the, the, the placement they are just booking is granularly enough targeted um, for the specific product and niche they try to target. Um, yeah, so that's the, the main aspects I would say in, in, in current developments there. I think this has been really helpful for people to understand how to use contextual advertising to to identify and target a a very relevant audience and then also to think about in that context of where they might be when they're looking at a, a scientific journal, for example, what types of advertising or offers would make sense and then also um, – thinking about the analytical aspect of it to, to learn and improve your campaigns and your offers and so on to get the most for your dollars. So, um, Philip and Alex, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to explain all this to us today. You're welcome, Chris. Thanks to you as well. And Thanks a lot, looking Chris. For, looking forward to meeting you again. Yeah, we'll, I hope we'll see you at the ACPLS meeting in October. I guess so, yeah. I really like those guys. Uh, we'd been in touch before, but I finally actually met them in person last year at the ACPLS annual meeting in San Mateo. Hey, if you're thinking about content marketing and it seems a little overwhelming and you just don't know how to get started or you've started and it's just not going the way you want, um, maybe need a little help with the plan. If that's the case, um, I suggest you check out Words the number two wow.com or send me an email. It's chris at words to wow.com. Um, let's talk about it. We can get you set up with a plan in a couple of days and get you rolling on your content marketing. That's all. I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. We've got some great uh, guests coming up, many of them suggested by listeners to this program. So if you know somebody you think should be a guest on the show, let me know. And as always, if you like it, tell two friends. Bye-bye.